Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Creator Spotlight, the interview portion of the Spotlight here on Fightful. I am Stephen Jensen, as always, with Jeremy Lambert. And today, our guest is a podcaster. He's a Vikings fan, someone who I've been looking forward to talking to for quite a while now. I know him through Purple Daily, the Vikings Vent Line, Judd's Hockey Show, all the stuff going on, on over there over at Score North. Uh, we have Declan Goff joining the show. Declan, thanks for joining. How are you doing, man? I'm good, boys. Uh, I mean, this is uh, this is fun. This is like worlds colliding. I mean, uh, Phil Mackey, my, uh, who's also my the resident wrestling nerd. We've always joked and and talked, not joked because we like we're half serious about it. The, a wrestling show is like the last piece of pie that we want to put together. It's just you know these Minnesota sports scenes take up like ninety nine percent of our time, and uh, it's it's like a side product of ours. We want to get that hamster wheel spinning a little bit, but I'm excited to join Fightful. Um, I love talking wrestling to and blending sports together. So yeah, really excited to be here guys. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, we appreciate uh, you joining us. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, uh, you know, he's there, um, Phil, you and Phil, uh, both follow me on Twitter. We both, we both following, we've been following each other for, for a little while now. The elusive, the elusive follow is, uh, is Judd Zolgad, who is the, the, the third, the third host. I was, I was just saying you and you and Phil follow me on Twitter. But Judd is the elusive follow. Judd's old guy. Yes, he's 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 when I when I think of Minnesota sports, he's the first the first face that that pops into my head. Um, and and uh, you know, so I, I was really looking forward to this today. I know you guys are big wrestling fans over there. I hear you and Phil talking about all the time. Um, I I know Judd, you know, pops in there here and there. I've I've seen you teasing the idea of a wrestling show on Twitter. As a matter of fact, as you just said, so um, I w- I hope you uh, you dive into that sometime soon um Declan how long have you watched wrestling as a fan so I was I'm 30 years old so I was born in 92 um I'll answer this kind of long-windedly I guess my first like conscious wrestling memory my dad as a lot of other dads in the mid 90s uh had a pirate box downstairs in the basement tv so we got a ton of just you know pay-per-views that were just available to us all the time um and I was a big I was more WCW when I was a kid, uh, which I dabbled a little bit into the Attitude Era. And of course, as I've gone back and watched it all and, and loved it all, um, I, I dabbled a little bit in both. But one of my first ever conscious memories, I was about four or five years old at the Target Center in Minneapolis and uh, Nitro came to the Target Center. And I don't remember much from the card. In fact, I really should go back and rewatch that episode like on WWE Network. But I remember it so vividly because this was obviously like 97, 98. It's pre 9-11. And I remember the national anthem, everyone having their lighters up. You know, and I remember being a kid and like 
remembering that so vividly of all these lighters being up during the national anthem. Um, so I, I, that's like the earliest memory I have. I will say I went through a phase. I went through wrestling. I went through as a wrestling fan, like in phases. So from like 2000 to 2004, I was pretty checked out. I didn't really watch a lot. And then I started to get back into it because my friends at school started watching again. And the first uh, iteration of like SmackDown and Raw I started getting back into was the first SmackDown that JBL was WWE champion. He had just beaten Eddie Guerrero at Great American Bash. And then from like 04 to 08, I was all in. And same thing. I, I would say like I ebbed and flowed back in, but thanks to the WWE Network, I've been able to just like watch so many pay-per-views or like epic Raws or SmackDowns and stuff. So I've been in and out of wrestling a lot, but I, I will say like for the last five years, I've been pretty consciously in. Like I haven't really taken too lulls, too much of lulls and breaks. And because of the great WWE Network and Peacock, you know, everything's just available to you now. So yeah, I would say that that's kind of my long-winded way of how I first became a wrestling fan. And, and who were who were some of your favorite wrestlers when you got into it? And then when you kind of got back into it again. Yeah. So um Jeff Hardy was one that I always loved. Um, it's really too bad he hasn't been able to kind of, you know, keep his act together out of the ring. Uh, I, I, I wasn't watching live when he first won his WWE title, but I remember even watching that back, like even like five, six years ago for the first time when he won an Armageddon and just even the emotion and pop that I felt for that was pretty nuts. But I would say Jeff Hardy, um, Shawn Michaels is my all time favorite. Um, I think even the second half of Shawn Michaels, the post, you know, both lost my smile and both back injuries. Uh, I would say even that iteration of Shawn Michaels is more impressive than the first few iterations of Shawn Michaels. Um, and then other ones, I, I because I love Hardy so much, uh, I loved High Flying Guy, so I loved RVD. I loved Rey Mysterio. Um, I didn't really get an appreciation of like for like the technicians until I got a bit older. So I, I, once like Kurt Angle was once he was like done when WWE and he transitioned to TNA, I was really all in on on the wrestling machine uh, that was Kurt Angle. Uh, but per, the, Perk the, Angle, Perk Angle, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> um, but I, I would say those are like my first few guys that I really gravitated towards. And being like, of course, a seven year old like everyone else in the late nineties, if you were born in nine, 1992, like I was doing a crotch shot, which I probably had no idea really what I was uh, signifying and doing. <laughs> I have to ask you a very difficult question, and that is, is a big topic nowadays. Do you think the Bloodline story is cinema? Yeah, it's it's cinema. I would say it's cinema. Um, you know, they man, and you guys can probably have talked about this at nauseum too, but they they shoved Roman Reigns down wrestling fans' throats for years and years and years. And I wasn't really all in on him either. I thought he was kind of a phony, but this tribal chief angle has just been so phenomenal. Um, and they finally got him over to the place that they've been wanting him to be for years. Uh, and watching this Uso stuff fall out. Uh, it's been even more impressive. It's been crazy. You know, I, I was one of those guys that was shocked they that Cody didn't get the belt off him at WrestleMania, but you know, it, it still works. It works so damn well. And watching all these guys that have tried to come and take the belt and just watching how well he is also on the microphone. Yeah, man, I, I, I would say it's cinema for sure. It's It's been fun to watch him kind of develop and watch this whole bloodline angle fall out too. Yeah, yeah. So and as far as all like other... Um kind of current things going on in the WWE is actually part of what triggered me inviting you on the show today was a tweet that I put up about how I believe that Logan Paul should win money in the bank. And you strongly disagreed with that, which I, I appreciate people disagreeing as long as people are cool with like respectfully, like having a conversation, like I'm all for it. You know what I mean? Um, I kind of like tongue in cheek, kind of like uh fanboy for Logan Paul more. Like 
I, I play into it because the wrestling fans like despise him so much, but it's yeah. like, I respect the athleticism. I respect how, how famous he has made himself through inter- the internet and, and, and then I respect the boxing. There's things about him. I definitely respect, but it's one of those things. And he's done a great job in the ring, in the WWE, like what, what the, the positions he's been put in, I think he's succeeded in. Um, can you speak kind of toward to like, what, why wouldn't you want to see Logan Paul winning the money, in the bank briefcase? Cause obviously he's in the match now. Yeah. And to be honest, I, I come with you that he's probably the favorite to win. It, it wouldn't shock me at all if, the, if he ends up winning it. The thing I don't really like about him, and you touched on these points that are true. He is athletic. He is way more athletic than I even gave him credit for it. The dude can fly around the ring. Um, the thing I don't really like about the buildup with him is he's using, he's being used very strategically, right? To be over in these big moments. And you just have so many other guys and that are on the card that are deserving of that spot. And I don't love that. Like he gets to train with all these best guys and just be able to be deposed or disposed where, like, wherever he wants to be and wherever creative wants them. Clearly triple H loves them, which is like too bad because it, you know, triple H obviously is pulling a lot of the strings, but he's, he's a phenomenal athlete. And if he wants to be, I guess all in on WWE where he's on the roster week in and week out, and he's not just like taking these six months on six months off, getting to train behind the scenes with all the best guys and then being used in the big high key pay-per-views. Um, I could be, my, my tune would be changed on him a bit, but that's what I think. I just have such a hard time gravitating towards him. And to be honest, he's just like such an unlikable person. Like I, 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 I do <laughs> <True>. not like <laughs> the guy at all. I didn't like him before he joined WWE. I don't like him in WWE. Um, you know, I thought his promo yesterday, uh, on raw was actually pretty good. You know, like he was playing to the, playing to the hand of the Cleveland fans and saying how much Cleveland sucks and doing all that good stuff. So like, he's got some skills for sure. I just don't love how he's used. That's fair. And then I know a lot of people were complaining on Twitter last night about like everyone else had to qualify for money in the bank. He just walks right in and gets a right. spot. And, 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 to, and to your point, exactly. Like you just said about, you know, triple H likes him. It's similar to, you know, someone like Brock Lesnar or something, or, or even bad bunny is a good example. Like these are people who are just going to come in and they're good. They're just going to get spots. Cause they're just ultra famous. Like they bring in a lot of eyes and they're killing it in the ring. Like if, if Logan Paul was going out there and he just couldn't wrestle, that'd be one thing. But I think now that they've seen him like do well over and over, they're like, well, maybe, you know, I, I like the idea of him having the briefcase mainly because I think in like the mainstream, he can kind of keep playing that whole thing up. And because he comes and goes, you really wouldn't know when he would cash it in. But at the same time, depending on who the champion is, I could really hate the outcome. Like, for instance, if Cody finally wins the big one and Logan Paul no. cashes in on him, I hate that. You know what I mean? No, that's the greatest <laughs> and, thing ever. And, and, if, and if, like, if, like, and obviously, like, I wouldn't want Logan Paul to be the one to, to the throne Roman Reigns. So, like, there's, there's some double, there's some big double edged swords in this whole scenario. I could see it maybe where, like, he maybe cashes in on Seth Rollins because they have the history there. Like, I could see maybe something like that making sense. Um, but yeah, this is kind of my, me throwing it out there. Like, I, I, I've been saying this for a few weeks now. And then, you know, yesterday, you know, he was put in the match. So I just figured, um, yeah, I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he won. I, I guess I didn't put together, you know, just looking at that match, how awesome it could be potentially too if Finn Balor takes the belt off of Seth Rollins. And then if Damian Priest won Money in the Bank, that that like, I don't think they're on a blow up Judgment Day that quick. Uh, but that's also like an incredible storyline, right? Like Finn Balor finally gets his title and he's champion for not just a day this time, but for like five seconds. And then Damian Priest cashes it in on his own brother in there. So 
there's a lot of good stories. I mean, Money in the Bank's probably like one of my legit favorite pay-per-views. So I'm looking forward to how it ends uh, and how, and who walks out with the Money in the Bank, uh, both men's and women's side to a degree. But yeah, it's 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 one of my favorite pay-per-views, and I'm really really excited to watch it in a couple weeks too. I'm going to switch over to, to AEW and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. You seem to be a CM Punk guy. Is that, is that correct? Yes. Uh, big CM Punk guy. Uh, I love hangman too. I love Adam page. I was going to wear my anxious millennial cowboy shirt. It is like 95 degrees in Minneapolis today. And it's a long sleeve shirt. And I just, I just literally came back <laughs> hey, from being outside for like an be, hour and a half. To be fair, you wrap it on, on your podcast pretty I do. often. So like, I mean, you're out there representing for hangman. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Uh, but I was at, uh, so we did a, a, AW did some stuff with us at score North. We, we actually interviewed Jericho uh, going into the quake at the lake um dynamite episode which was about nine months ago and that's the episode that cm punk obviously came back after the broken foot so i was there for that pop which was pro- and i've only been to a handful of things i actually was at uh full gear two when hangman won uh his first AEW title but that punk return was probably like the coolest pop i've ever experienced in person i mean i think we all kind of saw it coming especially when they were just brawling at the end and i was like all right he, they're, they're gonna do this right and that music hit of cult personality and it was awesome. But uh, yes, I'm a I'm a big CM Punk fan. A little cantankerous, but yes, he is he's he's a legend, and I, I love him on the mic, dude. I was gonna say, you know, you you just mentioned you were also a Hangman Page fan. I was gonna ask kind of where where you fall on this, uh, and not necessarily who's right and who's wrong, but there's a difference in and Samoa Joe kind of mentioned this of like there's just sort of a difference in philosophy be, between uh the the two sides here so i was wondering like where you fell in and just basically which side you, you which philosophy you agree with yeah it's it's tough i read that great piece on espn on friday about the whole expose which was which was awesome to kind of see that behind the scenes things um i guess i took away a couple things from it um you know punk punk is cantankerous like i said he kind of poisons the well everywhere he goes but I, I love his, you know, during the promo, like, tell me when I'm telling lies. You know, he, he's kind of a lot like Jimmy Butler in that way here in Minnesota sports who know him and then watched him, you know, take Miami Heat to a couple NBA finals here. He doesn't go about it maybe in the best way, but his assessments are actually usually accurate and they're correct. Um, and I know that he said he's reached out to Hangman and Hangman's kind of been no comment on it. And I know with the elite with uh, Omega and the Young Bucks, definitely a lot more. There's armor up there. There's like lawyer speak going on. So I, I, I feel like Hangman does kind of want to make resolutions there, uh, but he's so much, you know, he's buddies with the elite. He's, he's right in that group. So how can you kind of leave your boys hanging there, not just in the ring, but outside of it too. Um, I just want the best possible storyline for the fans, I guess, is kind of how I, as, as, as a consumer, I would hate for both those guys to be out a long time. Um, and to be honest with Hangman, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I saw it. They're trying to get him to a long-term deal. Um, and, I would love him to be in WWE, but would WWE also use him properly? I don't know. Like, uh, like he's a top dog in AEW. Would it take him like a year to get up to like the main a cart, uh, main main event card status at WWE? Um, I like both of them. I think everyone kind of handled a bit poorly, but those two are probably you know two of my favorite guys definitely in AEW right now. Yeah, yeah, those are. Uh... Those are good. I mean, good choices. Like, and that's a good, that's a good example of Jimmy Butler. It's, it's better than my example. I was going to give the example of like Randy Moss back in the day, like that I play when I want to play straight cash homie, like terrible teammate, but like you couldn't not play him. You know what I mean? Like, yes. so I know so there's some guys you just have to make exceptions for. Um, I've made it known over, 
the years. I I'm I don't like CM Punk like just straight up like as as a person like I'm just not a fan of his. But I but I recognize how valuable he is in the wrestling space. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I, I understand it. And, if, and he's going to make AEW better and bigger. And, and I mean, the collision was a, it was a gigantic success. And, like I, like, I want AEW to succeed. So if that includes CM Punk being a part of it, I'm, I'm here for it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to, my own personal biases aren't going to like keep blinders on me to like understanding, you know, what's probably the right thing to do. Um, and uh, you, you mentioned uh, the pop for CM Punk that you saw live. Have you ever experienced a pop even like in like the football world, like for the Vikings, have you ever been live to anything that, that kind of was similar to that? Yeah, I was I was luckily there at the Minneapolis Miracle game. That was what I was gonna stand. ask. I figured that I mean that would be the one if so, if, so that yeah. was I mean that was that no one saw that coming. I think some people in the wrestling space and at Target Center that night knew that all right, man, it's been like three months. Punk could come back tonight. Like there was a belief there. No one saw that playoffs coming <laughs> for for the Vikings. That one's de- definitely up there. Um, I mean, it was obviously cool seeing Hangman win at full gear. Uh, I was also at, let's see here. I think this was 2017 TLC came to the target center. And I believe, I think Roman either got sick and Kurt angle had to jump in and wrestle with the shield. Yeah. And and that was like his first WWE wrestling event in like 12 years or something at the point. And the dude couldn't really move much anymore, uh, but that was like cool to see. Uh, that was like awesome as like someone who again, loved the wrestling machine, loved Kurt angle uh, to see him like come down that shield entrance with those guys was pretty dope. Um, but yeah, I, I would say the Minneapolis miracle one is one that definitely comes to mind. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a huge sports fan. I've been in a lot of events. Uh, the twins haven't done that for me in a long, long time. So like, I would love to say like, there's a twins moment, but I haven't really experienced that from the sports side. So that's why I try to dabble into some wrestling. If, even if it's superficial and it's staged just a little bit, uh, at least I can get that excitement in that pop. We got, we got forbidden door this weekend uh any matches that that stand out to you that you're really looking forward to on this card because i think last year was honestly one of one of the best shows of the year so what are you thinking about this year's card so far 
So Forbidden Door is not like I haven't gotten full in on the New Japan scene. My my buddy Tyler Fornis, who is a huge, he's on Purple Daily with us too. I mean, he is huge in in the New Japan. He's like trying to get me to like really understand some of these guys because like I I got into AEW immediately. I know some people in WWE were just like, no, I'm not gonna you know mix both these cards. I'm like, no, like more wrestling the better for me. Um, obviously, you know, Omega is gonna be wrestling and Daniel Bryan's are gonna be wrestling and those guys are, are can't miss. I really actually have fallen in love with Jungle Boy too. Um, you know, I, I when I went to that full gear pay per view in 2021, I was still like wasn't all fully ingrained with everyone on the AEW roster. And at that point, I was like, wait, who is this guy? And why are we all waving his arm, waving our arms when he's when he's coming out? But I also love that stuff. Like I love the uh, crowd involvement and stuff. So I'll probably dabble into it a little bit. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I I just like that Khan has kind of opened up, you know, for the lack of better words, this door with other companies that make AEW a little bit stronger and kind of be like this funnel system where, you know, WWE has NXT, which is great. Uh, but there can be other ones too in, in the AEW sphere. And I love that Khan has kind of been able to get all this to work together too. This now, now I want to ask a, a follow-up on this because this is always a interesting debate online when it comes to forbidden door and guys just kind of popping in and then you might not see them again. Like we had Will Ospreay showing up last Wednesday and, and kicking Omega. And like, he's been on AEW television before Okada wrestled at forbidden door last year. And they're in the big matches against uh, Omega and, and Danielson respectively. But do you feel like as someone who doesn't really keep up with new Japan, like, Oh, these guys are being introduced. Well, I understand like kind of their, their value, their place in the new Japan hierarchy. Or do you think like AW could actually do a better job of that, of explaining like, why are these guys so important that they, that they should have these matches against the Osp or against the Omegas and Danielsons? Yeah. I think probably a little bit more of the latter, especially, um, you know, the, AEW is trying to be this new spider webby kind of catch all wrestling fans. And it'd be nice to kind of get a lot more of that backstory. Cause obviously like the hardcore guys, you know, you guys, especially, and, and so many others, they know new Japan, they know all these guys where, you know, if you're like me and you're maybe you're a little bit casual, you're more casual on the AEW side of things. It's just hard to like, keep, keep all that stuff together. Um, and I, I think they definitely could do probably a, a little bit better job. Cause yes, I mean, all respected that new Japan scene. I mean, that's, that's also incredible just because I don't watch. It does not mean that I don't have incredible respect for all those dudes. Cause I, I know how much new Japan wrestling does, you know, I, I've, I know Jericho has talked a lot about how new Japan rest has meant to him, um, traveling all over the world and, and bouncing from companies to company in a good way. Uh, but yeah, I, I think AW could probably benefit from just explaining that stuff a little bit more. You know, it's, it's weird. Cause like, in the NFL, like we know what the XFL is and we know what the USFL is, but like no one cares about it. But like with New Japan and with all these other companies, like no, these are actually talented people. Like XFL and the USFL doesn't have talent, uh, and that that's a that's a sport problem. We're like no, in wrestling and New Japan and all this stuff, there is equally if not better talent than AEW and WWE, and we just don't really know anything about it, which kind of stinks. That's a really good. I'm glad you asked that question, Jeremy, because we get that. Uh there's that, that kind of discourse comes up often with amongst like the hardcore wrestling fans, especially of like, cause I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. Cause I'm, I'm such a fan of like the independent wrestling I'm watching most of these guys, but by the time they're in AEW, I've been watching a lot of these guys for like a decade before they've been there. So for me, I'm just always watching things just kind of assuming like, okay, I get what's going on. So I'm good with it, but it's good to know like that they could be doing a better job uh, kind of explaining what's going on. Um, you mentioned the, the XFL, um obviously the rock is involved with that and the rock has not had a great uh you know 
guess last couple months uh him being in the world of wrestling and the world of football what are your kind of your opinions of the rock currently because the one thing i'll throw out there is the 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 more he continues to kind of I know fail is the right word, but he, he's been having some misses lately, which is uncharacteristic of The Rock. The more this happens, the more likely I feel like Cody's going to get boxed out from the Roman position yeah. and like The Rock is going to come back um, and just like swoop this all up. How do you feel about like The Rock and like the, the possibility of him like returning to wrestling or, or kind of where he's at? Yeah, well, I, I have we've kind of been talking about the whole XFL thing and how even like I wonder if one day, not one day like soon, like what if the Saudis come up and swoop up the XFL, especially with now with this live and PGA merger, and then they swoop it up. They have this unlimited amount of money and hell, I mean, maybe they buy a GD wrestling band too, but what if they swoop that up and now they're paying, you know, Lamar Jackson, who was in a contract negotiation, instead of going to the back to the Ravens, dude, you can play for us for $500 million ball out. Cause the talent stinks. You're going to stay a lot healthier, et cetera. Um, and I, I think that, I think the rocks looking to sell that to probably make some money back. And yeah, to your point, even though he's the rock and I'm sure he's still doing just fine. He's had a little bit of a bath here in, in, in 2023. And I, I just wonder, you know, is it going to be in a similar situation that they had with Cena, you know, when he came back where like he takes the belt off punk and punk was a champ, same thing, right? Like punk was a champion for like 500 days. Um, and then he has it for a little bit. He introduces a new title, but we all then saw the writing on the wall once he was going to face Cena. They're like, oh, he's probably going to lose to Cena, and then he's going to go bye bye again. Um, yeah, I would, I would hate for. I know everyone's been waiting for the Reigns and Rock angle, and I'm sure it's probably going to happen soon. But yes, I would not want it to come at the expense of Cody. Uh, I think that'd be bad. And I know that you know the whole finish the story and the whole. I'm, I'm sure there's another layer to this that is great. I just, I don't know if you're going to be able to recapture that magic that they had going into that WrestleMania. I mean, I, that was the first time I was like legit upset at an ending of a card. Yeah. Like I, I finished night two of mania live watching that. And I was just pissed. Um, now I got over it kind of quickly. So like, all right, it's still Roman Reigns. It's awesome. <laughs> but like, man, like, are you going to have another guy that that was that over? I mean, the only guy that really challenged him well was that was McIntyre at clash the castle. And I, I think even going into that, we were just more impressed with how amazing that match was. But yeah, I, I just I would hate for The Rock to block it. I think he's probably going to come back in some capacity. Maybe he's like the special guest referee like he was for Cena in The Miz. Uh, but yeah, I don't want it to come at the expense of Cody Rhodes either. I, I don't mean to laugh at you, you know, being upset at, at the wrestling. Jensen is the biggest Cody fan in, in the yeah. world, <laughs> in, in my opinion. He was going to dye his hair get a neck tattoo well, i would know listen this. i wasn't gonna do the neck i wasn't gonna get the nightmare factory tattoo on my arm i wasn't gonna do it on my neck but i was gonna show up with with bleach blonde hair i had to cancel a, a hair dyeing appointment and a tattoo appointment after wrestlemania night two because of this so. all of a sudden you got like botox just like like your cheeks are just like on fire like there's all the way up there i could see that too yeah he he is he's the biggest cody fan and he had to cancel all these plans because cody lost and so anytime anybody mentions like i was really upset Cody lost too. My natural reaction is just to to smile and and laugh because I know Jensen's pain through yeah, it, and sure. I, I just I, I try to laugh at Stephen Jensen's pain because I'm a it, terrible terrible co-host, and that's fair. But there's but there's <laughs> but there's hundreds of thousands of people, honestly, that like that are wrestling fans that all they were like they were ready for Cody to win that match. Like it was like the yeah. moment was perfect. It's so, true. I mean, I mean, even though I'm like super biased and I I'm Mr. Cody fan, like. 
everyone else who likes Cody, like we were all screwed that night. <laughs> like that was like I can't I still can't believe I have nightmares of Solo's thong so yeah. often. Just hitting Cody. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. I, I think what just sucked too was yeah, was that ending. Like if I guess if Roman would have pinned him clean, like all right, I get it. But like the fact Solo had to come and get involved, give him the spike, and it's like and you saw it coming, you're like, no, 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 no. Like he'll kick out, he'll kick out, and just one, two, three, and you're just like, damn it. Like that's how that's how we're going to end the biggest pay-per-view of the year and the guy that was most over. And I guess maybe it was, it was too predictable. You know, like maybe, maybe that's it. Uh, but it was just, it was just so bizarre seeing that one play out. How did Phil feel about that one being a, a wrestling fan also? Yeah, he was, he was more, we were like texting during it and stuff too. And I remember talking about it the next day and he was more buying of no, like let's finish this story. Like let, let's, let's, let's embrace finishing the story here. Like let's not be completely, um, out on the fact that he didn't win at WrestleMania. It's going to be a full circle thing. Um, and I actually, I did appreciate Triple H's press conference with that too, of of how he kind of explaining, at least, I know they don't really tip their hand on the creative there, but I, I, I love that. In fact, the press conference angle in general with that, that AEW does, um, that WWE is now starting to do a little bit because of AEW, I think that stuff's genius. Um, now, like MJF, like, how much of that is like him just being MJF? How much of that is real? I don't know. But I, I did appreciate that part that like Hunter goes on the podium and kind of explains the thought process of the creative of why we didn't put the belt on Cody that night. Um, and part of me did kind of buy into it for better or worse. I mean, the, if, if you bought into we don't finish stories, then, you know, but bless those press conferences. I, I have to cover them and some of them, they could just be very, very tedious when it comes to that stuff. They're only in the third inning. Maybe they're in the fourth right. now after this last couple of times. Uh, Jensen, any more wrestling stuff? Because I know we, we're going to talk some Minnesota sports here, and I know you're wearing your, your Vikings jersey. But I What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I want you to, to get any more wrestling stuff that, that we need to get out of, because I know he's also a, a wild fan or covers the wild, and I have beef yeah. with that. So Okay. Cool. So yeah, so Declan covers all Minnesota sports and score North does a great job of that. Um, I am, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. My dad is from like North Dakota, his whole side of the family, like North Dakota, Minnesota, all Wisconsin, all up there, but they're all Vikings fans. So that's why I'm so loyal to the Vikings been watching them my whole life. And, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot that I could definitely, I could definitely ask you about um, as far as, as far as the Vikings goes, like right now, especially. Oh, well, I'll just put it put it out there. Y'all mentioned my, my Vikings jersey. I'm wearing number yeah. 19, Adam yeah. Keelan. One of my favorite players ever. Now, another reason I wore it, Jeremy's actually a Carolina Panthers fan. So 
there you go. Double meaning here today. Um, Declan doesn't know this yet, but I'm actually auditioning right now to become a part of score North as a, like a part-time Viking wrestling <laughs> correspondent. So like, yes. I hope I kill this, love um, but, uh, no, I'm, I'm just playing, but, but, uh, but you know, I, I love Adam Thielen. I love Eric Kendricks. Like there's all, we've been losing some guys that I'm like really attached to. Um, where are we at with Daniel Hunter right now? Yeah. So this is a really just tough contract situation for him because he missed a season and a half last year. He came back and, and still put up really solid numbers, but are you going to be able to pay someone um, who is going to be entering his thirties and can you still pay him a long time when you still have some salary cap issues going forward and you got to give big money to guys like Justin Jefferson and Darisaw and eventually TJ Hawkinson and who the hell knows what they'll do with Kirk. Um, if you can, if how I would do it is I would give him a three-year deal and I gave him a bunch of money in those two years. I, it would basically become a two-year deal. Um, I, I'd make him happy for the next two years, and then I'd probably say bye-bye and let him cash out one more contract somewhere else. Uh, I, I don't know if he wants that, and I'm assuming he probably doesn't. He wants to get one big payday now, so he knows that when he turns 30, he probably won't get that contract again. Totally get that. It's life-changing money for people. Uh, but if they can figure out a way to give him like a two to three year deal with a bunch of money up front to make him happy after maneuvering all this cash all over the place, then I'm for it. I mean, th- the defense needs him. They're, he kind of yeah. has them playing out of their hand here. And I think they'll make him happy. But I, I don't hope that they give him like a five or a six year deal. I hope it's on the short term front and they just kind of kind of be able to bandaid this together for a little longer. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I hope they figure things out with Daniel. Like, there's there's some guys like like Adam Thielen. I understand like he wants to be the top receiver or or more involved, and like he'll get that chance in Carolina. I think he's gonna have a good season in Carolina. So I think it makes sense that Thielen would move on. The Vikings would move on. Like it, I hate to see it, but I understand it where both parties are at right now that we would lose Thielen. Same kind of thing with Kendricks. But then you have guys like Harrison Smith, who I consider kind of heroes because they take the less money and they stay and they're going to end their career with the Vikings. And I love seeing that as well. Um, but I feel like Daniel is someone we just can't lose. Now, one other guy I want to ask you about, because he's very polarizing. He's very polar. He's probably the most polarizing guy that you guys cover every single episode that you guys talk about football. Um, I just want to throw this out there from my perspective as a fan of Vikings, someone who doesn't cover the Vikings, but just been watching a long time. I am terrified of losing Kirk cousins. <laughs> and I know that like, that's such a coward perspective to have, but you know, I got into the Vikings in, in 97. So I was like nine years old in 97. So I was really lucky that I was like conscious and understanding football a little bit as a kid through like the Randy Moss era. And, you know, I lived in Atlanta. So unfortunately in 98 when we lose the NFC championship game, I, you know, I was, you know, I had to live in Atlanta and deal with that. You know what I mean? And, it, and still to this day, my friends still roast me for that one game and that one missed field goal, um, Gary Anderson. Um, but because of all of this, and because I've watched the Tavares Jacksons and the Christian Ponders and these guys not work out mm-hmm. and Kirk, I saw you guys just the other day, put him in like the top 10, you know, basically mm-hmm. collectively said he's a top 10 quarterback, but I also understand the limitations there. I get it. It's a really tough position to be in if you're the Vikings, because you you can do so much worse than Kirk, but he isn't like he isn't a Mahomes. Like he just isn't. So like I just want to throw that out there just to let you know, I guess, because I know you guys do the vent line, you get a lot of perspective from Vikings fans. I'm in the camp of like, I really hope we can keep Kirk, but at the same time, we gotta pay Justin. The, the main the main priority needs to be locking down Justin Jefferson long term. I don't care who the quarterback is as long as we have him, but 
man, I also lived through like losing Randy Moss over Dante Culpepper and stuff. And like, that was just such a bad move in hindsight. So um, how do you, like, do you think that this is the last year for Kirk and like, we're just trying to find out who the successor to him is going to be. And it really just is about locking in Jefferson and kind of letting the, the pieces fall from there. Yeah. I, th- I think they're going to move on from him. I, I think this is the yeah. last year and you know, I, I know the fear of unknown what you're talking about there, that, that you finally have a stable, nice quarterback here. I mean, is he, is he the prettiest girl on the street? No, but you know, he's a stable relationship. You're happy. You're committed. I'll, I get all that. Uh, but I, they need to draft their own guy here. And, you know, I, I know the chiefs were a prime example of this, you know, they move on from Alex Smith, who again is a safe, solid, secure quarterback. They find Patrick Mahomes, they develop him for a year and he turns into the best quarterback in the world. I also understand that that's more of a one in a million thing, basically. Um, but, you know, the Vikings have also won a lot of games with Band-Aid quarterbacks, right? To your point about Dante, or not Dante, but uh, Tavares Jackson and Brad Johnson's and Randall Cunningham's. I mean, they, they have figured out ways to win games with not elite quarterback play. Case Keenum, um, one great year. Boom. I mean, yeah. th- there's, there's, I'm tr- I was trying to think when you were giving your question there, I was trying to think of like, who's like a mid-card wrestler who has never been WWE champion that like gets a lot of, that's like safe, but not like uh like worldly known as one of the best guys, but like also doesn't deserve maybe to be like WWE champion. Like I'm trying to think so that'd be like, that be. maybe like a Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Like yeah. he's been around forever. Ziggler's he's won titles. Let's not, yeah, he's never been the WWE champion though. Yeah, he he's won the world title. He's won the world, the world title, title, right? Like, the that world, world whatever. He's won. Kind of a little different. That was when the big gold really wasn't as violent. Anyway, the, the point my point okay. my point is I get what you're saying though. I get the I yeah. get the analogy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's like he's he's solid, he's good, um, but he's probably never gonna be good enough to be be the man, right? And I think if they if they want to enter the future of unknown or get a rookie quarterback or get that bridge guy to help, you know, basically facilitate the rookie, I think they will. The fact that they've paused these contract negotiations to me, I mean, Kirk could go out and ball out, and then he's going to price himself out of the Vikings' radar, basically. So I think he'll get another contract, but I do think that this is the last year of Kirk Cousins in purple. Yeah, last question I got for you, because I can talk about Vikings all day, and I know Jeremy (laughs) has some questions, too. I know you speak about the Vikings at nauseum, so I appreciate you even answering these questions, like, outside of your job. But... um. And this is a this is an area that's been popping up. I'm just going to throw it out there for Vikings fans, throw it out there for you. I know you've thought about this too, but it's been in the back of my mind for years, and now it's just like kind of almost playing out. If if Kirk isn't there next year, and they draft a quarterback, and they need a bridge quarterback, or they need to do something because the, the next guy isn't ready yet, I mean, what percentage would you put it on? I'm sure it's a low percentage, but out of 100, percent what do you think the actual realistic chance is that Aaron Rodgers finishes his career in Minnesota? <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's pulling the exact Brett Favre, the dude, exact it's, Brett Favre moves it's, right It's now. the exact playbook. Uh, I would say like fifteen to twenty percent. Um, I all I, the weird thing is like he's playing outdoors again, which I thought maybe like as he got older he'd like to move inside. And I mean, and look, Brett did that same thing, so maybe he's following those same footsteps. Um, I, I would say like twenty percent. Uh, if it'd be really interesting, right. If like things just go sideways with the jets and he's like, Nope, I, I still want to play ball, but I, it's not going to be here in 2024. Let me call up uh, Kevin O'Connell and see what, what, what's going on. But I don't even know if they want to do that. You know, I, I think Quasi right. and KOC, uh, both work hand in hand here a little bit. Um, and Quasi, you know, being the stock market trader guy, uh, I don't know if that would be the best investment to make right now. Right. Like, I don't think you'd rather be able to invest in something that, you want to put a lot of capital into and that you're that you're proud of 
And I don't think it is a 39 year old Aaron Rodgers. but dude, you're right. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't <laughs> shock me. No, it would not shock me one bit if that happened. Well, so I'm of y'all's mindset. We, we, we differ in, in, in uh, philosophy a little bit. Me and you guys at the store North, we have the same catchphrase in our heads. Yeah. I want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before I die. That's the most important thing. But I'm willing to completely sell out for that. Like, I don't care if the Vikings suck for a decade. Like, if we have to sack our team one season, I just want to see it happen. Don't care what yeah. it takes. So I'm like, I'm for like, whatever, you know. But, and so like, I'll hear like Judd, for instance. Judd's a genius. He's a football genius. And, but he'll always be talking about like, you know, three, four seasons from now, we're setting up for this and that. And I'm sitting there going, I get that. But like, we've never won. So yeah. like, we like, what's one this year? What do we have to do to win this year? And I just think about like my grandpa, who was a season ticket holder, day one Vikings who passed away, never got to see it. Mm-hmm. My dad's getting there up there in age. I'm in my thirties. You know, it's like, we got to win a damn Super Bowl. So yeah. I don't care how we have to do it. If it involves having to get Aaron selling out to get Aaron Rodgers, we got, we got one incredible season out of Brett Favre. I totally slipped on him. I, he was my least favorite player of all time. And now <laughs> I got, I got Brett Favre memorabilia in my, in my living room. You know what I mean? So. Um, I just want to throw that out there too, that we're all, we're all in this for the same thing as Vikings fans. We just want to see this happen. I'm just of the mindset of like, I'm cool with completely selling out to make it happen. And you know, the Rams have done this to a degree, like the Rams might be really bad for the next few years, but probably worth it for them. Um, and it, it's a sport too. And in the NFL where it's just hard, even when you tank and when you, you know, uh, forego, I got not tank, but when you forego a lot of your draft picks, it's still hard for you to be like consistently bad. We're like in baseball, like, when the Kansas city Royals who are, were just dormant and was terrible for like the first 20 years of my life. And then they pop up and win a couple world series. And then once again, they're bad again, and going to be bad for the foreseeable future as someone who's ever experienced that I'll, I'll take the Royals route any day um, over the future of just being, you know, stable and good and competitive, but never great. Um, I I'll do, I'm with you, man. Like I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. And if that means, the Vikings are in the Super Bowl tomorrow, and then they don't do it again for, or they're not even in the playoffs for 10 more, 15 more years. Sign me up. I'll take that bet every time. I'm with you. And for, for the record, I'm, 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 I'm big on Kevin O'Connell and, and Quincy, by yeah. the way. I, I love both those guys. Jeremy, I've got all my questions. Uh, if you want to, if you want to, I know I've, I've taken this whole thing over, but this is no, like, no. this. I mean, this is a, this is the most niche Steven Jensen podcast you'll ever hear. I love it. Vikings and wrestling <laughs> combined. So I don't get this, I, I, all, saying, I don't get this opportunity very often. I, I look. I knew there was going to be Minnesota Vikings talk. Um, I was fully expecting that. I was just saying the banners hang forever, and this is where I take a shot at, at your hockey team because okay. you're called the state of hockey. I don't understand it. You have a, a fake rivalry with my favorite hockey team, a team that has won Stanley Cups as early as a year ago. Technically, almost a year to the day. Uh, I understand you won a couple of playoff series like a decade ago, and so Minnesota fans like to hang their hat on that. But like, what what else is going on there in Minnesota with hockey to be called the state of hockey? I'm I'm just a little I'm confused at this at this nickname where you haven't accomplished anything in hockey. Yeah, so I, I think that what what maybe the like outsider perspective gets confused on that or why it's very mockable uh, is because they see state of hockey through the Minnesota Wild lens and or even the North Stars lens before. Um, and they don't probably understand the impact that high school hockey has here, that college hockey has here. And I'm sure there is some belief in that, that, that it is legit. I mean, they, they produce a ton of these kids. Our boys hockey tournament sells out and, and produces more attendance than like two thirds of NHL arenas on a given night during that championship weekend. 
Uh, but the wild are like slowly entering the state. Like I have a, I just have a huge disdain now for the twins. They are like the toxic ex-girlfriend that like, I need you out of my life for whatever reason you keep coming back to them. Right. The wild are slowly entering that. Uh, they've had really good teams. They've had really good players. Hockey is so random too. It's not like, you know, if, uh, like if, if you're a twins fan, you ran into the Yankees buzzsaw, like, all right, you ran into the Yankees. Like I, I understand that. Uh, you know, the, the, now the NBA is getting a little bit better in parity, but like if, if the Wolves are good and they're running into Steph Curry and the Warriors at their peak, okay, like you're just losing to the better team. The Wild have had paths to get to the Stanley Cup, no problem. And and the Stars weren't as good as them in my, they could have beaten the Stars, I should have said this year. They easily could have beat the Blues last year. They took the Knights to seven games the year before that. Like they, the paths has been there for the Wild for the last three years, and especially with now a superstar in Kaprizov. Um, that it, it's it's kind of just now getting maddening of well, what what else can they do here? Um, but th- I, I get why the state of hockey nickname does get a little bit mocked outside of Minnesota. It does make sense. I, I as a as a big hockey fan, I actually I understand it's a lot of NCAA that comes to it. I don't know it on the, the high school level, but I know like the, the Minnesota NCAA hockey team and everything they host there. A lot, a lot goes into that being the state of hockey. As an Avalanche fan, I will mock the state of hockey <laughs> mono, uh, motto because you know we've actually got Stanley Cups to, yes. to show forth. You're right about like the NHL, just you never know on this. And I think this is where it can be frustrating if your team either is very good or feels good enough. Cause for years, the abs were right there and they yep. couldn't get over the hump. Couldn't get out of the second round was, was the big knock on them. And then they go 16 and four last year, win the cup and all is great. And this past year, like didn't have depth, didn't have really anything beyond McKinnon, Ranton and McCarr. And also just got goalied a little bit. And yep. you, you want to talk about goalied Sergei Bobrovsky carries the team to the finals and then all of a sudden he turns into Sergei Barbowski again against the Golden Knights. But like, you just need like a spectacular goalie performance and that can carry you all the way to the finals. And then sometimes Minnesota doesn't get that or their offense just completely sputters in, in these games. And, but it is very rare. There's a lot of luck involved mm-hmm. when it, when it comes to hockey. And even though I am kind of built to dislike the Minnesota wild, Marion Gabrick, one of my favorite non abs yeah. players of all time. I love Kaprizov. I don't know how you're a hockey fan and like, don't enjoy watching Kaprizov yes. play. Even if like he's against your team or anything, uh, I'll never root for them, but I, I appreciate that you, you, I appreciate that they are getting to that point with you because they, they should honestly, yeah. they're, they're letting a lot of fans down. It, it's hilarious to me. But yeah, well, I, I bet it's really down. funny. I mean, <laughs> even even like call like I get your Colorado side. Like, yeah, they've had top horses there for a while. Like, when the hell are they ever going to do this here? And, and they were obviously able to do it last year with that core. Um, and yeah, like the Wild, you know, they've always been a center away, or maybe they don't have all the depth. But um, if they could figure out a way to put this all together, because I mean, most likely they're not going to be able to resign Kirill Kaprizov. I mean, he's going to get the bag somewhere else on the West Coast or the East Coast. So. That won't shock me at all. So we have like three years left to really make this happen with the best player in franchise history. Um, so hopefully, I think they're probably going to take a step back next th- this coming season. But if they can pop back up and then get out of this buyout hell if they're in with Preza and Suter buyouts, then they'll hopefully be you know back to being a, a regular contender again too. Two of the greatest contracts of all time, Zach Preza yeah. and Ryan Suter. God, fantastic contracts. Love Ugh. it. Absolutely. Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy, if you want to know more about um, I actually I was actually pretty aware of like how big of a deal. Um, like high school um, hockey and stuff is in Minnesota, like like the youth and everything. 
um, when I was growing up, like, I don't know if you, you should check it out, Jeremy. There was these documentaries in the 90s. It was about, like, youth hockey all the way through um, high school hockey. Um, it was Mighty Ducks and then D2 and D3. Yep. <laughs> yep. I was about to say that's I thought that's where you're going with this, by the way. I was like, the only like non-NHL stuff that I know about Minnesota is just it's all, the, the Mighty Ducks stuff. That's all I need to know, man. That Minnesota Miracle Man, Gordon Bombay, all those kids grew up loving hockey. Look where they wound up, man. Um uh, I don't know much I, about hockey, but I love me some Mighty Ducks. Oh um, yeah. Well, Declan, real quick, better movie, Mighty Ducks or Little Giants? Uh Mighty Ducks. Mighty the original Ducks. or do you have a preference of the yeah the, uh I, I would say the original i know a lot of people like d2 more um d3 is an abomination should have never been made yeah, um fair. but uh but i i would i would say mighty ducks mighty ducks for sure okay gotta go with it yeah i'm gonna, I'm, ask, I'm, one I'm, bas- I'm gonna ask one basketball question uh as i assume again you cover and, and like the the timberwolves has Carl Anthony Towns really changed the game? Do you think he'll really change the game by the end of it? And was winning a play-in game more impressive than a championship? He is. Uh, he's a clown. He he's like one of the least self-aware people, athletes I've ever seen. Um, and he's incredibly talented, no doubt. But he lacks so much self-awareness. And you know that that's one of the. This is a thing, not just in athletes, but like people who just like aren't self-aware and and are just completely aloof like that. Drive me up a wall uh so if they can trade him this summer great i know it's a little more complicated and, and might be more likely that it's next summer that that trade happens they will but i think you build around anthony edwards who clearly has this that uh, a gene that is worth keeping and he's a little bit more you know just aware than than compared to cat that the wolves are hopefully going to be in a better spot but if i i would get rid of cat tomorrow basically if i was running the team i am so you my sports fandom is all over the place. I just said I'm an Avs fan. Jensen mentioned I'm a Panthers fan. I'm also a Thunder fan. So again, all over the place uh, for me. And like for my team, if you would just drop Carl Anthony Towns, like the 2K player on yeah. my team, I'm like, this is a fantastic fit. Absolutely. But when you start to get into like the mindset and the mentality and like the actual like off court kind of just things with yep. him and it's not just skill set, like, yeah, I don't really want this guy. Yeah, I think I think if he be if he can become aware, if he can become aware that he's just the complimentary piece, he's the he's the Robin to someone's Batman, then it's it's a lot different. But he thinks he's still Batman, and it's like, no, buddy, like you are you're barely even Robin at this point. If if he can if he can come to terms with that, I think he he can be in a lot better spot. He's never been. It's always been whether it, it was Butler or mm-hmm. now now it's Anthony Edwards maybe like the the brief D'Angelo Russell time and when Edwards was like a rookie maybe it was him but those teams weren't very good so no there's probably a reason for that yeah he, he's gotta I think just come to the terms of like you're just gonna be the second fiddle on a on a championship team and if he does I, I think he can he can still help someone for sure he's too good not to help someone but yeah until he kind of gets to that point he's always going to be a little bit more of a loop in that factor well, I, I, I wish uh, the Timberwolves and I don't wish the Wild the best, but I do wish the Timberwolves <laughs> some sort of appreciate uh, it. They need it. Success. <laughs> they need it. I like the t- the Timberwolves. They they destroyed uh, my Thunder in the, in the play in game because we have literally no centers. And it's like if you're gonna pick a matchup, I don't care how the 
Towns and Gobert fit does or doesn't work. If you have those two guys against a team whose tallest player is like six foot nine, you're probably going to win that basketball game. Yeah. And and that's basically what happened. But you know, anytime you can trade your entire future for uh, a guy <laughs> who Gobert. sets a hard screen, you kind of no. got to do it. Oh, yeah. Even when the Tim, uh, uh, Pat Royce, our legendary columnist here in Minnesota says, even when the Timberwolves do the right thing, they do the wrong thing. Like that is, <laughs> that's, that's Wolves basketball in a nutshell for sure. I actually had a little hope that would work. It's like, it's different, you know, go big. Nobody else is doing this. This could yeah, actually it... work. And no, it did not. <laughs> so now we're stuck with them and we'll, uh, didn't we'll, at all. We'll, we'll see what the hell happens with them going forward. I didn't at all. All right. Um, Jensen, anything else before we, we ask our, our typical final question? I definitely want to make sure you, you hit more Minnesota sports. Uh, specifically. No, the Vikings we're, we're good. Like. We're good. We'll have, we'll have Declan on if he's free sometime during the, the football season as well. If you're good with that. Nice. Declan. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. I'd love awesome. to come back on. We'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk a little uh, NFL season as it's going on and uh, get caught up on wrestling stuff. Um, we ask everyone what the coolest thing in their room is. If you have something you can show us. Uh, so I'm in the, I just moved in here like a month ago. And in fact, my, my office office that I'm in now was in another room. And then this room got flipped into another room. So let's see here. What do I want to show? I got one. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Cool. Hold on. How about this? Let's go. Let's go with this. We got a, uh, I got some of the memorabilia here that has to get up on the wall, but Got a sign, uh, Joe Maurer when he when he came back. Oh yeah, there oh, we nice. go, huh? I actually turn out this light to get a little less glare. Yeah, a little less, a uh, little autograph when he came back out as a catcher. I'll be honest, there was a little bit of a teary eyed moment when that happened as someone who grew up a big Joe Maurer fan uh, from St. Paul, Minnesota here too. So yeah, it's probably the coolest thing in here. There's a guitar in here, a uh, couple other baseball random stuff. I moved my dog's bed into here thinking he'd like chill on his bed. It lasted five minutes. He was like, Nah, I'm peacing out, dude. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's probably the coolest thing that's probably in here, to be completely honest. Hey, Joe Maurer, absolute legend for he he's one of those guys. He could have taken the money and bounced and he wound up staying a Minnesota guy. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, I always got respect for those guys. Um, not not that I don't have respect for guys like Adam Thielen. I get it. But, you know, I just wish he would have taken less money and stayed. Yeah, it was time to move on. He was, I mean, maybe he's still a good red zone target with Carolina with uh, little Bryce Young there. Jeremy, good luck with that. Um, I'm. I'm hoping. I mean, Bryce yeah. Young needs somebody to throw the ball yeah. to. And once you yeah. trade DJ Moore, it's like, well, who do you have? I know Thielen kind of on the downswing and everything, but I just need a reliable guy who can, you know, catch a little five-yard pass and be okay. So I'm hoping for the best with, with this. I know it's going to be a like, – when you have the number one overall pick, I understand they traded for it, but they weren't good last year until Matt Rule got fired, and then they went on to a little stretch that was – uh courtesy of a bad division and i think a lot of panthers fans got into their head that they were better than they are so i understand it's probably not gonna happen this year unless bryce young really lights it up but the next couple of years i I, fingers crossed we can do something yeah yeah we'll we'll, we'll definitely see what happens i love that the panthers have been to two super bowls in the last like 20 years and the vikings haven't been one in 40 so it's just uh (laughs) that's that fun uh fun game oh the Mm. super bowl 50 is gonna haunt me forever absolutely haunt me forever it's just uh, i'm never going to get over that one unless they actually win one that one was uh that was a tough night very tough night. yeah well the vikings we're, we're still trying to recover from the the minneapolis miracle whole situation like we got to play at home and the whole thing i mean it was just i still can't believe we let that slide away like it's rough it's rough man it's rough seeing some of these vikings decisions but i like i like the new regime a lot better than yeah. what we were dealing with before I've lived through a clown, a clown car of, of 
of coaches of I like Danny Green, but man, when you get into the Brad Childers and Mike Tice, well, Mike Tice wasn't as bad in hindsight, I guess, when you when you think about it, I guess. But Brad, Brad Childers, Childress. there's Lindsay a name. Frazier yeah. and and Mike Tice and uh, and uh, and Zimmer was just there way too long. And dude, I, like now they're like. Antoine Winfield's my favorite defensive player ever. Yeah. Like I hated when we lost him and then we wouldn't draft his son. Just all these weird, just, I just hate it. So I like where the Vikings are at. I like where our heads are at. And I love listening to Declan and Phil and Judd talk about the Vikings over at Scorner North. So definitely go and uh, check out everything they got going on. Um, Declan, as we wrap this up, man, Jeremy, do you have any other questions before we wrap up? No, nope. Um, let everyone know where to find you. I'll, I'll plug all your stuff and, uh, and thanks again, man. You were you were a great guest on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, any, anytime I can uh, blend some wrestling and, and Minnesota sports here, I'm I'm always game to do so. Um, you can follow us uh, at Scorn Art. We have two YouTube pages. We have Scorn North MN. That's kind of more of an all encompassing Minnesota sports show uh, where we talk. We still talk Vikings there too. We talk Vikings, Twins, Wild Wolves. And then we have Purple Daily, which is which is our our, our big dog show. That's a seven day a week Vikings show. Um, Vikings event line during the seasons really are our WrestleMania, if you will. Uh, after every game, we bring on fans who are mostly pissed off and maybe a little bit inebriated uh, to talk about the Vikings games. Go just just type Minnesota Vikings event line, even uh, Minnesota Vikings event line, Colts game or Bills game from this last season, and watch oh. the two-hour euphoria of crazy <laughs> Vikings fans realizing what's happening. Uh, it's an absolute blast. You can follow me too. I'm on Twitter at Dex's tweets too. If you want to um, want to see a good blend of Minnesota sports and, and some wrestling thoughts as well. Yes, definitely check all that out. Y'all super entertaining. Congratulations to you guys on all the success. Like you, over the last few seasons, especially I've, I've noticed significant growth in like the viewership. And I love how you guys jump on right after the game. Sometimes if it's like overtime, you're on there before the game's even over. And um, it's, it's really cool to have. I, I watch you guys, when I'm doing my day job and stuff. And uh, I like some of the short form YouTube guys, but you guys are my favorite as far as like the long form sit down real conversations and uh, you guys do great work, man. So, uh, so thanks again for joining. We, we really appreciate it. Awesome, man. Hey, thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for having me on boys. I'll, uh, I'd love to do it again too. Thank you. Thank you, Declan. Uh, guys, everyone follow him. Every, uh, check out all the links below. Go check out uh, Dex's tweets um, on Twitter and follow all the stuff with Skull on Skull North uh, with the, the Vikings and everything else he's covering out there in Minnesota. Guys, we'll be right back here on the Spotlight. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.